What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Productivity Lovers Podcast, the podcast about how to become more productive in your work and home environment. The Productivity Lovers Podcast is brought to you by Chris Scrott, a certified professional organizer and deadly, a digital productivity coach. Buckle up and enjoy the show. All right, everybody. <laughs> it's been so long. We it's been so long. Been. We're trying to be serious here, but it's been so long. Welcome back to the Productivity Lovers Podcast. We're so happy to be here with you. And this is, right. I don't know what episode we're in, but we're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. Yeah. We're not quite ready to talk about our hiatus, but we'll talk about our hiatus maybe in the next couple of weeks when it feels. Yep, settled and ready. Right. Yep. Sounds like a good plan. Yeah. But I feel like we should at least briefly catch up. <laughs> how are you? <laughs> that's usually good, right? I'm good. That's, that's yeah. how we start. That's usually how we start. Mm-hmm. I'm doing okay. I just had my hair done. Your hair looks fabulous. Right. Yeah. Thank you. Gotta go check so. out our YouTube video to see that. <laughs> so first of all, I colored. So I'm a little bit lighter. I'm closer to a blonde, but not quite. Mm-hmm. Not quite. I'm just a little bit brighter than I was before. And then I was racing to get here on time because, you know, I don't want to keep you waiting. So, so the, the highlight of my week is that I, I got highlights. In my Very hair. nice. So yeah, that's always a great way to start, right? I was in the shower this morning and that's I was, a good thing. <laughs> it's a good thing. Showering every day. I'm a supporter of yep. that. I was like, why are all older people blonde? And I was like, oh my God, that's because everybody's gray. So they have to dye their hair blonde. Listen, whatever it takes, whomever you are out there, if you need to be blonde or some other color to hide the grays and you so desire to hide those grays because there are people who are welcoming the grays. Like I just Uh saw, saw an article about Andy McDowell from back in the day. Now she's got gray and gray curls and she looks amazing. Look, yep. if you like the gray, go for it. I, I'm not a gray girl just yet. You so, know, I think yeah. some people do gray amazingly. Yes. And I'm my partner is, I call him a silver fox. He's like, he does gray really, really well. I thought he was blonde. <laughs> he calls himself <laughs> ultra blonde. <laughs> but he's really, he is really ultra gray. He just <laughs> does it really well because he does have like a full head of grayness. So it he looks nice. great. Like I am not that, you know, my gray is not yeah. that gorgeous. I'm like, yeah. maybe in like another yeah. 10 years, I'll be changing my mind. But I don't know why I was thinking like, why are all older people like blondish? And I was like, oh, it's the gray. You know, when your brain Isn't finally connects something, it was like <laughs> this morning in the shower. That's when it happened. Well, I, I guess we're all technically older in some way. So whether we show it or we not. Are, yeah, you may be hearing the puppy running around that's willow she's a new addition right to your family yes yeah we just got her about four weeks ago and she is about 14 weeks and she's going to be roaming around so yep (laughs) we'll see how that works out i would like to see her in person one day so hopefully yeah for sure she just ran she just ran to the other side of the room but if she comes back maybe i'll pull her up and she can say hi on video Nice. She's a sweet nice. little, she's a golden retriever lab mix. She is gorgeous. She's she is, gorgeous. She's a very sweet dog. So yeah, you got your hair done and I got a puppy. That's Hey, that that's sounds like we're winning. We're winning. Just that statement alone. <laughs> winning. Very true. 
Indeed. That is very true. So, okay. So I think we had lots of topics planned for today, but you and I got on the call and we started talking about something that I thought was really relevant. So this is, yeah. I feel like this is what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, this is it. And I don't know what we're going to call this, but it's essentially, do you want to describe it? It's, so you're in the workplace and you're working with a team, small or large, but you're on a team and there is that one person, that one person that brings a certain type of energy or vibe and not in a good way. Mm -hmm. This person, for lack of a better phrase, sucks the energy, the good energy out of the room. It's noticeable. And beyond that, it impacts you. It could be someone who's toxic in terms of just personality and interpersonal skills, Mm -hmm. or just someone who is never on time, never gets the work done, is just sort of pulling the team down rather than working through the problems and moving forward. Because no team is ever perfect, right? There's always stuff that comes up, but you can work together and get through it and move forward. But this person just kicks out. It's like the cat who knocks everything off the table. That on purpose. <laughs> on purpose. That's the we all, have, we all that have had cats know that sometimes they are clumsy and they knock things off sure. the counter by accident. But you sure. also have had a cat that will purposely tap, 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 tap until the thing falls onto the ground. That's right. That's the person we're talking about. That's yeah, that is the person about. we're talking about. Yeah. Gosh, I, I can I can think of a dozen people over my career that were those personalities that literally sucked the life out of you when they walked into the room or when you got an email from them or when you saw their caller ID number for those of us (laughs) that had corporate caller ID, see them in their phone ringing you're like why are they calling me it's the worst when they are your boss well that is tricky I can't say that I've been in the situation where my direct supervisor and my boss was the person not quote unquote, pulling their weight or just sucking out the energy that was good. But I think for, for, so there's two kinds of people here who are probably listening to this, someone who is maybe working on a team like that and maybe don't have the control over who the teammates are, Mm -hmm. or maybe you're a small business owner and you are forming or creating a team or you already have one established and you're noticing Ooh, this, there's, there's an issue here. And for some of us, I think sometimes it's easy to just sort of ignore it and hope for the best, mm-hmm. <laughs> or you sort of, you wait and you wait to see, maybe it will fix itself or it will change and you wait too long. Mm-hmm. So I think partly it's, what do you do when you're on the team and you don't have control over the teammates or what, what if you are in control of the team? You're the boss. Can you just yank that person out? Should you? I mean, and how do you do it? And is it, you know, letting go of that that piece to make the rest of the team thrive? Is that a good enough reason? And, you know, what are the answers here? So I'm curious as to how you would maybe manage that if you were the person on the team and could not, you know, sort of decide yeah. who'd be on it or not. Yeah, that's I think I have experienced that from all perspectives, right? I have been an employer with a toxic person on my team. I have had a boss that was toxic that misrepresented himself until I started work. Okay. And then I have been on a team with a toxic person where I didn't have the choice 
And I have to say that none of those resolved itself in a really positive no. way at all. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> the nature of like, you know, those resolutions. But I think, I think from a productivity perspective, yes. right? I think that that's probably the conversation that we want to be having today is that not only do they psych the energy out of the room, right? But they also make people feel uncomfortable, which make yeah, them yeah. feel much less productive in all ways. I think of all the, the times when I have been in a team with a toxic person and the time that I worked for, for a toxic person, I was in that situation for probably like a year and a half. And then I had to leave. I had to oh. find another job that was, it just felt. So you removed yourself from the, situation. I had to remove myself from that situation and find a new situation to be, <laughs> which is dangerous, right? Cause you're like, you invest it's time new, yeah. and, and resources into finding what you think is a, it's a good home for you to be. Yeah. And then yeah. all of a sudden you have to find another home. So that was challenging in itself. And as a person that employs people, that's really disheartening too. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, in my situation, I watched this person literally destroy the whole process in a way that was, uh-huh. it was not a control. It was like a tornado in a really bad way. And I I wish I had worked things differently and maybe mm-hmm. fire, fire the person way earlier. Sometimes but I had compassion. Work. Yeah. It's just the way it is. I think sometimes we, we don't want to do that part. That no, it's like we all wish we had a magic ball and we could just be like, you know, where we, Easy could, button. <laughs> where we could all be in relationships with reasonable people that we could then sure. have conversations about what is it that's happening and how do you solve those things? But I know well, what, you experienced you. What could well, let's say you decided to stay in that job because you couldn't find another job and you had to be there for whatever those reasons were. I mean, how would how would you have managed that? I mean, to stay productive yourself and still feel as though this team that you're on was moving forward. And they used to make me cry every day. So it was really oh. hard to be productive when I was like, so like I was so emotionally and verbally abused that it was okay. hard for me to be productive. I think like productivity and I've, I think we have talked enough here yeah. about like understanding the energy that we bring into yes. situations and understanding our best time of work. Uh, but yes. when you're when you're being verbally abused at work, it's hard to find productivity because like your body is in a heightened sense yeah. of alert, right? I mean, I used to go to work at like 6 a.m. just to get some of my work done before the rest of you know the toxic people would show up. But there's wow. only so much you can do of that, you know, like so yeah. essentially I would I would work from six to nine. And then I just be like in this heightened sense of awareness about like, when mm-hmm. is the next yelling coming <laughs> or oh, when yeah. is the, you know, when is somebody on my team going to be this one particular person? When is she going to like have a meltdown that will have an impact mm-hmm. on me? So it was just really hard to relax and just be the best person I could be for yeah. that team. So, and I know that this is like a very unusual situation. It sounds um, really extreme. It wasn't what I was thinking originally. I'm like, oh my gosh, they had you crying. <laughs> 
You know, we weren't even, I wasn't even why we started talking about this, right? You were sharing an experience that you had. And then I felt like this would be a great way to share. But as like, you started talking about it, this like rush of memories from like my, you know, my job came to me. So, well, I'm hoping that the people listening are generally not having I I sure hope so too, because (laughs) that was an extreme situation and no one should work on the those strenuous. No, definitely not. Definitely not. I would agree with you on that. I mean, making somebody else cry is definitely. No, it's not cool at all. Yeah. yeah. Not okay to make your team members cry for, for any reason. Yeah. So. Agreed. Agreed. But even I... crying employees are, are crying of any kind doesn't make you productive. That's it. Like when well, you maybe happy crying. crying. <laughs> maybe happy crying is okay every so often, that's but sad great. crying, pain crying, that's that might be a little tricky. So mm-hmm. I was envisioning sort of, you know, the person who just isn't pulling their weight mm-hmm. and that energy that comes with that sort of, maybe it's a nonchalance, not as invested as the other team members are. I, and, you know, I'm very competitive, right? So if I've got something or I'm very deadline driven, I've got, I have it in front of me. I've got the carrot dangling in front of me. I'm going to put in my work ethic is high and I don't expect others to have it as high, but I want there to be, I want my team members to feel as enthusiastic as I am. Mm-hmm. And if there's someone who is less than enthused or is just not pulling their weight and is dragging the team down, I think that can be really, really hard because you still have to focus and you still have your deliverables and you still have those things you're trying to achieve. Right. And how do you do it when you're not in control of the team members? And if you are in control of the team members, you just yank them out yeah (laughs) so ripping off a (laughs) band-aid do you have answers to that I think I do have sort of an answer okay for the I'm on a team and my team member isn't pulling her or his weight and I think honestly you have to focus on the job at hand you Mm -hmm. have to focus on your role you know your lane and your role in the team and what it is that you're trying to accomplish in concert with everyone else but I do think there comes a point where you know, I don't like confrontation. So I might offer to say, hey, you have some questions about this part of your job that you should be doing. You know, this person's really great and might be able to assist. I mean, I think trying to intervene and offer help and be a team member in that way and in the most positive way might be a start. But if over time you're realizing it really is, you know, sort of preventing you from meeting your deadlines. Yeah, you kind of might need to let the team lead know that. I think that's when the honesty really needs to ramp up because it's then going to impact everybody. It's not just you. When it, you know, when it's just me working on some project and and if it doesn't go well, it goes south. It's just me. (laughs) But if there are two, three, five, ten other people on the team, then yeah, it it impacts everyone else. So uh, I think focus as much as you can on the job at hand what it is that you are responsible for and do that to the best of your ability. And then, you know, if things really aren't working out, it does require maybe a, a conversation, a very yeah. direct conversation. Yeah, for sure. Th- that's a really good tip. And I imagine that like yeah. now in the world of hybrid work where people are yeah. working from home a substantial amount of time or a good portion of the time, or even maybe half of the time, yeah. right? Yeah. That those situations are maybe minimize because okay. you are working from home by yourself, I guess. 
those people can't suck the energy of you as much. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe through Zoom they can. I wonder (laughs) if there's any substantial studies that talk about the real productivity that people are experiencing at working from home. I mean, you know, I get that we get distracted and start doing laundry and dishes and like, you know, yep. I don't know, maybe mowing the grass for some people. Some or of my neighbors the mow dog. the grass in the middle of the day. I'm like, don't you work? <laughs> Not right now, but yes. <laughs> but I'm like, okay, well, if that works for you, like that's a nice break in the middle of the day. It's yes, good for yes. your productivity. So I have a couple of questions. I guess yes, one yes. is, are people finding themselves more productive because they are not working in teams, whether because it was too much chit-chatting mm-hmm. or because they did have these people that were sucking the life out of them while they were in the office? So they're feeling more productive at home now that they don't have those daily interactions with some of their coworkers. Yep. And then it just made me think about like, oh, what, what around the house is distracting you from actually being more productive in your work? I think at some, at some point we should talk more about like yeah, we can get productivity and working from home, which is how we got started. It is. It is. Absolutely. I don't know. So to your first question, I am not really sure if people are experiencing it differently Mm -hmm. because whether you're remote or in person or hybrid, if you have that member on your team, Mm. the impact of their lack of work or subpar work is still going to affect you in some way. So whether you see them, like we are talking to each other on zoom or you're side by side, shoulder to shoulder, I think you're still going to feel it. It might be easier for you to have a sidebar conversation with your team lead. Maybe you go into a breakout room with that person on Zoom and you you chat it through that way. I don't know, but I still think you're going to feel the impact because the end result, the goal, the you know, the pinnacle, the peak that you're trying to to reach, you're you're slogging. It's just not yeah. you're not making it, right? So I still think you're going to feel it. As for laundry and dishes and the distractions that they bring, I can attest Yes, they have pulled my attention a time or two. Yeah. If I or more. <laughs> if I want to really be productive, I need to close the office door. I need to just not look at the dishes or do them the night before to make sure they're not there or make sure they're in the dishwasher, whatever that's going on. So for me, they can be very distracting. So I have to ignore them and I have to just say, you know what? That's for after, not right now. But for some people, they need to get up and move around and do something, turn off the work brain and turn on some other side of their brain to help them on their productivity path. So I guess what I'm saying is there's no right or wrong, but if you know the laundry and the dishes or the dog or whomever is going to distract you, like it does for me, then you got to kind of, you know, ignore that. So make arrangements for it. Yes. Make some plans. Make some plans. plans. Yes. Make some plans. Well, I guess... What do we do with our co- coworkers? Just address the problem hand, hand, head, head on, head on. That's the word. Head on. Yeah. I, I wish there was an easy button for this. Mm-hmm. There's no easy bus- button for this. If you really want to achieve that goal, finish that project, start the project. <laughs> if you really want that. And if it is important to you and your team, and there's one of you that's not pulling his or her weight, you can try to counsel, talk to them on your own, sort of be teammate of the year and do it that way and see how that goes. But over time, if, if, if it's not working, sometimes it's just not a good fit. Sometimes it's bad timing. We never know what somebody else has going on in their life. So I don't want to 
I don't want to, you know, bash people who don't pull their weight because at some point or another, maybe one of us will be that person, just depending on what's happening in life. I mean, heck, we had the hiatus for a reason, right? Which we will get back to, right? Sometimes life happens and we get that, but we still need to meet the goal. So some hard, not unkind, they're difficult conversations, but they're not unkind conversations. I think that can still happen. You You can still be kind and direct and have a difficult conversation with someone about the expectations and meeting expectations or not and how you interact with your team lead. So I think culture, so your team leader, the boss, the manager, the supervisor, whatever you want to call them, they have to structure a culture where open dialogue mm. is accepted and encouraged with each other as team members, but also with, with them as team lead. You know, it should be a regular. Like, so how's it going? If there's one thing you could change, what would you change? Oh, that Debbie would show up on time. <laughs> I don't know, something, right? You want to have fostered that culture. And hopefully you're in one of those situations where you, you have, you know, a team leader or a manager who really encourages that because the, because it reflects on them too, right? Yeah. You don't get that job done. So what I love about you is that you always bring positivity to the conversation. That's and right. then I'm good. So I'm going to wrap it up by saying when all of that fails, you have to get a new job or fire. <laughs> there <people>. you go. <laughs> That's it. Either you talk it out or you find a new job. <laughs> the, when dialogue didn't work and it's sucking the, sucking the productivity out of everyone, then you just, yeah. you got to make harsh decisions. So indeed. Indeed. Yeah, indeed. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We have missed you very much. We have missed each other very much. Yes. And we're glad to be back. If you have a topic of discussion or if you want to discuss this further, you can find us on social media. Productivitylovers.com and Productivitylovers everywhere else. I think maybe Productivity Love on Twitter, though. So, (laughs) yeah, just a little different there. You think Google is there to help us find things, right? right. So watch and listen and subscribe. And yeah, if you have questions, send them our way. Thanks, everybody. We love being back. We'll see you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Productivity Lovers podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Please be sure to subscribe so that you get notified when we upload a new productivity podcast. For more tips and notes from the show, check us out at productivitylovers.com. Talk to you soon.